Hello and welcome to The Maidcast, the official podcast of the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment. A series of lectures on video game history as part of the Maid's ongoing effort to preserve history through teaching and displaying playable exhibits of rare games and consoles. Our new location is 921 Washington Street, downtown Oakland. Our new hours are 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. Wednesday and Thursday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Sundays. For the past few years, and still to this day, the support of people like you has allowed us to continue to bring history to you through lectures and interviews like the one you'll hear in a few minutes. I'm Jed. I'm Red. I'm Shem. Welcome to the Maidcast. Shem, you want to give us a little update about the museum? Sure. Uh, so, howdy folks, I'm Shem, I'm the executive director of the museum. Uh, I've been on the podcast a few times, um, but yeah, I'm really excited to give a few updates. Um, over the past few months, uh, we've really been trying to focus on uh, getting as many folks into the museum as possible, particularly kids um, from OUSD. And that involves a lot more work than I had originally anticipated. I was thinking, oh, just throw together a video game museum and kids will come. Um, but I think the problem there is mostly about how do we how do we advertise to the schools in the district? And um, yeah, I've started a lot of conversations with after school programs, uh, OUSD itself, the Oakland Public Education Fund. Um, but if you're a teacher, if you're a student, um, and you want to be more involved with the museum, definitely reach out to us um, at infothemade.org and um, let your teachers know about us. Um, for OUSD public schools, um, we don't want to put any kind of barrier for uh, kids coming in and learning how to express themselves through digital entertainment. Um, so yeah, like we're, we're happy to work with, with schools in the district and uh, make it so that it's, it is a hard to say no kind of situation. Um, uh, in other news, uh, we, we, of course, we are always looking for volunteers, um, particularly in the next two or three months. We may have some, um, some positive situations that are going to arise. Um, and because of those positive situ situations, we may have more work than we anticipated. So um, this isn't any like really technical work. The usual um, thing that happens uh, when it means that we have a lot of work, it's usually physical labor, uh, moving things around, um, organizing things. And yeah, so no technical knowledge necessary. Um, you'll get to meet a bunch of folks who are super passionate about this. Some people who work in technology, some people who don't, some people who are just into their community. Um, but everybody here is super passionate. And um, I think it's a really great way to um, to see how games and digital entertainment cross boundaries and really kind of bridge us together. So yeah, um, outside of that, volunteer meetings as always happen at, um, at the Maid at 921 Washington Street uh, at 6 p.m. on Mondays. Uh, so we'd be uh, thrilled to have you come help out. Um, some volunteers actually just put together a um, uh, Fairchild Channel F exhibit. So for those who aren't aware of it, um, it's one of the, it is the first uh, game console that used removable cartridges that had a full game on it. Every, everything that came up um, after that, you had these kind of either removable discs or cartridges. That's a result of the Fairchild Channel F. 
Um, and one of the folks who worked on it was um, Jerry Lawson, um, who was actually part of the Homebrew Computer Club that Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs was, uh, one of the few black members in there. And um, I think what's really cool about having him in Oakland, um, obviously Oakland has a very large black population. So being able to see someone like him in, um, in technology uh, can, um, can definitely spur them to, to see themselves uh, working in technology, uh, working on games, uh, working on hardware. Um, so yeah, that's uh, we we really want to see more of that. So if you're interested in kind of inspiring the next generation, um, who from wherever they're coming from, um, come help us make these exhibits and yeah, and hit that mission. Yeah, even even without the uh, the need for technical skills, like the volunteer and student opportunities seem like a really cool way to get involved with the museum and learn about video game history. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, anytime. The podcast is going through a bit of a transition at the moment, and I'm going to be coming in to help keep the Matecast going. Red, I hear you have a life outside of the podcast. A little bit, just a little bit of a life. Uh, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for coming on and uh, just helping keep this going. Uh, but yeah, I've... Uh, uh, we tried to pick this back up after a few hiatus episodes. We were trying to rearrange timeframes of when we could all get together and record. Uh, life has gotten in the way. A lot of a lot of different family issues. Trying to prioritize spending more time with my family while I can, and just helping that when I can, and just trying to enjoy the people I'm around and just have that. And this was uh, as much as I loved doing the maid cast. There was a couple issues of just consistency that I wasn't able to kind of live up to. So I'm greatly appreciative of you kind of taking this on and I'm very excited to see where this will go in the future. Very understandable. Uh, I think that you know, nobody, nobody would knock 81 episodes of, of the maid cast over the past three years and say that uh, you weren't consistent, but uh, I understand, you know, recognizing that you need to take a step back and we appreciate that, uh, that you've recognized that. Yeah. Well, this is this has been like a great time i mean we started the we started the maidcast uh during the start of covid uh like in the in october of 2020 uh just so we could still have a voice out to the public with the museum and to keep people up to breadth of what's going on knowing that we're still around still trying to bring them more history and interesting stories from different people in the industry from large names that have like basically important pillars of the gaming industry throughout its kind of start. We've had a lot of different people come on that have been really insightful and really a delight to talk to about just something that we all love and all want to be a part of, and that's video games and how the interesting history and just how varied all of the, like, the different aspects of the gaming world are. So it's been a real, real delight doing this podcast for as long as we did i hope this isn't my last time on the made cast but it this will is not definitely be. a uh taking the handing the reins over uh so to speak so i'm there's going to be a lot of exciting things coming up i mean that you've talked to yeah. me about planning in the future uh one of the things i think sticking to the uh every other week uh format i think is going to be uh, a big help because as much as we loved doing the podcast uh if we can 
having a little bit more breathing time to talk about more things rather than kind of having the limited time frame of like a half hour interview it especially when it gets more conversational like we're doing now it's the time frame of being a little more lenient in a longer episode being able to really pick apart certain historical aspects and every bit of what who of what makes the people who we are interviewing tick what what drives them to do what they do what was like inspiring for them to get into the industry uh what was inspiring for them to go and do what they did within the industry and how they brought their own voice to it so it's very i think it's going to be a, a delight uh being able to hear some longer conversations with uh some of these uh great guests yeah i think that's um some of my favorite parts of the episodes that you've done has been when uh, people can just kind of talk about what they love to do, talk about what they're passionate about and just mm-hmm. share these stories in a way where, you know, it's exciting for them to be able to have a place where they can tell these stories. And um, yeah, I think, I think that like with the two week upload structure, which is what we're going to uh, be moving forward with, it might not always be interviews. They might sometimes be uh, more historical and, and more like lectures, but uh yeah, we are going to try to keep this uh, two-week upload basis. Um, so keep an eye out for new Midcast episodes every other week. So there's a couple questions I wanted to ask you real quick, Jed. So hmm. uh, I, coming into the Midcast, what is your background in video games and uh, what uh, made you want to be a part of this? Yeah, I'm a little bit all over the place with video games. Uh, I think that I got into uh, developing video games when I was in high school, uh, making games either on my calculator or on the school computers, or I even uh, took apart an Atari 2600 when I was in high school because I couldn't afford a working one. I repaired that and then started making games uh, like ROM hacks for the Atari. Were, this you is one not... of, were you one of the Doom porters? Did you port Doom to I the did calculator? Not. I did not port Doom, <laughs> but I ported other games. Chips Challenge was one of them. Pocket Tanks Thanks. was another. Uh, like these little, you know, these little arcadey type games. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I got I got started with kind of ROM hacks and, and little things like that. Uh, and then I've been doing games as a hobby pretty much since then. I work professionally by day as an app developer. Um, but yeah, indie game development is something I do on the side and something that I really love. I also organize a community here in Oakland where the Maid is um, called East Bay Game Devs and Creatives. Uh, we're a community of indie developers who meet once a month to uh, support each other's game development. Um, I also do games, PR, and marketing part-time. And I'm starting to uh, uh, get more involved in Twitch and uh, streaming and now this podcast. Um, and so I feel like with my kind of varied background, uh, I, I would hope that I'm in a good position to maybe bridge the gap between some of these people who have had an impact in this industry, um, doing either preservation or development and uh, bring those stories to light. Cause I think that's really something that I'm, I'm really passionate about. Absolutely. And the other thing about you like hosting yeah, the East Bay game devs is this, like you are part of the future history of game development in the Bay area as well. So it's not, so even being in connection with all these different people and these new indie developers working on their own games, this is 
this is a part of like the culture and the history of games and development that will be looked back upon in for future generations to see how things were done and hopefully gives inspiration for future people to do the same. Yeah. And it really is cool to be in the weeds and see what people are working on, because I think that games are really a very new industry. If we think about it, you know, in the context of human history. Yes. And there's just so much more that can be done. And some of these developers are making games that are just so experimental and creative. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to uh, bring those ideas that I'm exposed to, uh, to some of these, these conversations. Yeah. I'm, I'm also excited to hear some of your, a lot of the stories that are going to be coming out from future episodes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So red. Yes. I'm going to ask you a question that you've asked many of your guests on your podcast. What is your backstory? So uh, my backstory is I uh, essentially went, I went to uh, San Francisco state university after I graduated high school. Uh, Well, uh, not directly. Uh, I went to college originally Community College in San Luis Obispo for communications. And then I went to San Francisco State on, on the communications major, but shortly uh, changed to uh, the Becca program there, which is broadcast and electronic communication arts, which is basically sound design, audio production, video production, uh, some of those things. So I went to <clears throat> I went to SF State, and then I got into doing... Uh, there were a couple new classes being offered there by uh, Steve Horowitz, uh, who works uh, at Nickelodeon Games? Uh, he hosted podcasts on Sound for Games. Uh, sorry, not podcasts. Classes on Sound for Games, and I was a part of the first set of classes to be in that teaching and get credits for those at SF State. And that kind of what is what really ignited more of my the audio side of things that I was really trying to get into. I loved doing post-production and sound design and then being able to do sound, some sound for games, a little bit of implementation. There is master's students in game development and they were working on their own games and getting a chance to create sounds and help implement some sounds for those games and just the community involved in meeting different people. I mean, I, I still talk to friends from like that, that I've, they're lifelong friends now because we've been kind of like in the weeds together and just have a really set enjoyment of what we like to do. Uh, but currently I am working, uh, I, currently I work at a brewery here in Oakland called ghost town brewing. I've been working there for a few years. Uh, basically, uh, I was in college for six years and then I wanted to take a year off and then COVID hit. So <laughs> that kind of, uh, threw up some big plans in the thing, but then this podcast came up and we were able to start doing some, some great things with the mate again. And a lot of lovely interns, uh, miles Chun and Anthony were the biggest helps during this podcast. Uh, anyone could ask for, uh, basically there wouldn't have been a podcast without them. It's like, there would have been some semblance of maybe just a man yelling at cloud, but, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> we, uh, that they were really kind of like also the backbone that helped make helped me do this and helped this become what it was and so none of this would have been possible without them and they were also uh interns at sf state in the sound for games program as well so there's a lot to be learned uh from going to those classes and taking everything else but there's also a lot to be learned from just doing it hands-on yourself and figuring things out so I want to th- send a big shout out to them and hopefully 
they will also be on in more future episodes to be able to still be a part of this as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, this is a bit of a transition right now, but we are hoping to uh, continue working with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so thank you to them as well. Uh, but right now I'm just uh, I'm bartending over there. I'm just trying to enjoy more time with my family. I had a loss in the family recently, so uh, that was more of why uh, one of the reasons why I had to step away and yeah. kind of just help just trying to spend more time with my family while I can and uh, just uh, enjoy life and do more things that will be more productive for like my future and everything else. Uh, just trying to, you know, this whole adulting thing, man, it's kind of That whole rough. thing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about that. I know. Go figure. I've been at it for a while, but I, I still haven't figured it out. I don't think anybody truly ever figures it out, but that's part of the journey. So just take it as it comes. Yep. So you've been hosting the Maidcast for over two years. Um, yes. You helped keep the museum afloat during the pandemic. Uh, before the new location opened, everything was in storage. Um, and that Patreon of this podcast really helped to uh, bridge the gap between between those two times. Yeah, and I was uh, I used to work uh, front desk at the maid uh, prior as well uh, for a while. I worked front desk at the maid, and I was always kind of like a volunteer. So I got involved with the maid initially because uh, Alex Handy, the founder of the museum, uh, he went in to give a lecture, basically his mass encyclopedic knowledge of video <laughs> game history. Uh, it is he gave, a le- he gave basically he in about forty five minutes he went through the entire history from like this, from the initial first Pong development to everything up to current games at the time. And it was uh, really incredible. And then they were also mentioning that they had uh, volunteers. Uh, They were in need of volunteers. And I was like, that sounds like a place for me. That sounds like a place I'd love to be around and just be exposed to. And it was Uh, our our previous location. uh, We had a lot of really interesting, cool events and, seeing this new space as well has really brightened it up. It's really, uh, I'm really so happy and elated that we have this new space and just being able to expose more people to this great history that is right at our fingertips that started also right here in the Bay area. It is a really cool museum. Uh, the new space is beautiful. If you haven't been there yet, like it's, it's, you need to drop in. It's, it's a really cool experience. Um, yeah, so uh, on that note, like what about the maid is important to you personally? Like what about the work really attracted you to come and volunteer there? Uh seeing the smiles on people's faces when they get to play a game that they like when played a game as a kid, uh we have like some parents come in, bring children in, and then they would be able to see like they found a game that oh look at this this is a game that i used to play when i was a kid and i like don't have the system anymore or we had a very like unique one-off kind of console or one-off game and the maid has that and they were able to show their children like different games that they were able to play they were also able to just just the environment the community everyone involved with the maid is also a delight to be around it is a very nice place where you can be a part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. Uh, you can 
just to help enjoy people being able just browsing the aisles seeing all the old games and consoles seeing where games have been where they're potentially going there's really not one aspect of the maid that is not uh really intriguing and then if once you're volunteering in the maid and you get to even browse some of our stuff in storage that we haven't made a display for yet or have the space to display yet is another incredible thing there's so much about this museum that is just a delight to be around it's just a great energy and then also with the classes that we are teaching there teaching people how to code teaching kids some engineering classes and everything else just basic coding stuff to really help foster like a next generation of coders engineers and uh, game developers yeah um so you mentioned like going through the aisles and seeing all of this game history what is your personal favorite either game or just thing at the museum uh one of them personally uh it's from the 80s called the vectrex it's like a vector graphics gaming system it's just like a, a unit of itself it's a gray box that has these blue vector graphics on it and then you have a little system to control that i just that's a personal favorite of mine that we just like to that was really nice to be able to get it really feels like that's what the future was going to be at the time. Yeah, yeah. So seeing like that, I mean, it was just a very unique game system. That was one of my personal favorites. Uh, and then uh, also seeing some of like the old, uh, like ColecoVision and uh, a couple other of the uh, like original consoles. We've had some like original Atari consoles. Uh, we've had just a lot of original systems of stuff that you really don't see around anymore. Uh, the like the Magnavox Odyssey. We have one. I believe it was running at one point, but I don't know if we do. But ha having that console itself, uh, the one that really kind of took off and started it all, yeah. uh, was uh, really remarkable. Uh, another one of my favorite things that we had was a an original uh, Japanese Space Invaders uh, table. Uh, it was very unique because the joystick was horizontal not vertical so you would move side to side with a joystick like that and ah. then just have like the singular button on the side it was also a black and white screen that had a gel overlay so that was what kind of like hmm. really made the colors as the lines kept going down that would kind of enhance it along with the original uh sound just kind of speeding up the more and more you uh get through the game uh those are just some of my few favorites that we had along with many other there's so much there that i just love that i can't really go into but those are the first two that come on to mind yeah i haven't gotten a chance to play the vectrex but i know what it is i need to i need to get in there and, and play that sometime yeah it's a very fun experience um so uh circling back to the to the podcast i'm not going to ask you who your favorite guest is but uh, what is perhaps the most surprising thing or coolest thing that you've learned from a Maidcast guest? Ooh. Surprising or coolest thing? Um, uh, on it. I mean, I don't know about this. This is one of my favorite things that I was uh, getting to talk to somebody about. But uh, I got to interview Wade Rosen, uh, the CEO of Atari, right now, and he was also uh, he also is a part of a place called Ziggurat Games, and that was a really nice uh, interview that we got to do. They have a big history of like preserving games, and they 
there it's not just like the big AAA titles that need to be preserved too, because there's a lot of older titles that people spent a lot of time on that just didn't have like the same company support as like a Sony or a Microsoft or anything like that. And so Ziggurat has been trying to like bring back a bunch of older games, bring them into their IP with the original developers. And it's it was exciting to see that game these games that were in the past, their developers are still interested in working on it, but they just didn't, it, for whatever reason, they didn't necessarily think that it was going to be a good, that it, it, nobody really cared about it. But people care about all these games and like they hold a special place in people's hearts. So for them to be uh, like preserving and bringing back some of these older titles, like revamping them, remastering them with some of the original developers, I thought that was really, really uh, a cool thing. Yeah, that's a really unique way to approach it. And I think it's super cool too. Red, what have you been playing? Uh, I did recently just platinum uh, God of War Ragnarok. Uh, that was that's like the impressive. first. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as hot like. This is the first game that I've platinumed in a number of years. I think possibly more than a decade. It wasn't extremely difficult to get the various trophies. It's very like laid out in front of you. Uh, but the bosses, oh man, the final two bosses was uh, a time. That was a very, <laughs> a very, uh, some difficult fights, but it was a, uh, very much enjoyable. Of course, there was a uh, one boss that had a, an un what I thought was an unblockable move, until I forgot that you can throw your weapons uh, and interrupt <laughs> certain attacks. So that was a <laughs> that made uh, tr almost getting there without doing that, and then finding out that I could do that. I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> I was doing the one thing that could have made this much easier the entire time but yeah was, uh, but yeah i also recently played through uh the last of us for the first time uh nice. on the uh that was an incredible story i wanted to finish that but to also keep in touch with the show and see the comparisons between uh i also gotta say that this show is the this show is the best video game it uh the best show based on a video game that has ever been released far and away. I strongly uh, agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Really, I, th this makes me wish it's like, see, it can be done. <laughs> like it can be done. It, like if you just do the right thing in the, like you, if you're trying to stay true to the game, it can be done. They seem to have like a really strong understanding of the setting and the characters. And I think yes. that's really what, what helped it tr to be translated. Yes, uh, the, and also just being in contact with the developer uh, and the creator of the game and his actual hands-on inputs with the show to see where it's going. I believe that that is a great thing to have moving forward about uh, it for any future producers trying to make another uh, show out of a video game. Yeah, adaptations are, are definitely not easy, but they, they do seem to have presented a masterclass in how to do it. So Yes, agreed. What have you been playing recently? Yeah, I just uh, I just started Dwarf Fortress, uh, which ha now has a new version out on Steam that is not ASCII based, so you mm. actually have little sprites for the characters. Uh, and I am uh, playing through that and completely overwhelmed. 
there, yeah. there's yeah. about 20, 20 <laughs> years of adding features that I am catching up on. Uh, mm. But it's something that I've heard so many people talk about the different emergent stories that come out of that game for them and, and the, the different little lives of the dwarves that are in their kingdom and whatnot. And I just, I want to experience that, you know, based on their, mm-hmm. their stories about the things that have emerged and the, 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 uh, the moments of despair and of triumph in, that they've had in that game. I really want to get involved. And now that there's a version that I don't have to look at, you know, literal characters, uh, like little letters and, and, and uh, uh, hyphens and whatnot on a screen, I can look at sprites instead. Uh, I, I really want to get involved in it. And so I've been um, tackling that. It, it's, uh, it's so far, I feel like I haven't gotten to the point where I understand it well enough that I can just sit down and play it, but I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, so that's, that's one game. And then I'm really looking forward to uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I am, uh, yes. Breath of the yes. Wild was my favorite game in years, and I'm very excited for the sequel. I am also very excited for the sequel. Uh, I'm also, uh, I'm still holding my breath for the Switch too. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's been with the new OLED Switch. My my friend uh, recently got the OLED Switch. Uh, it is a very nice handheld system. I, I believe they de- they definitely like streamlined the design, made it uh, sleeked it up a little bit. I mean. They added an Ethernet port so you could actually hardline your uh, hardline the internet into the console now. Uh, but still, for processing power, I feel just that there's a few Switch games that could benefit from a little bit of an extra push. Sure, uh, and that would be something that I'm very much looking forward to. But Tears of the Kingdom is uh, the next big one on the list for me as well. Yeah. As far as moving forward and, and us kind of doing this transition and handoff, uh, what advice do you have for me? Um, keep your mind open, really. Uh, keep your mind open to a lot of different possibilities, a lot of different people. Uh, they're from all aspects of the gaming industry, like having different people uh, give their point of view on what's going, what's happening, what's going on. And then everything else has been a real, real delight. Um, also, if you, uh, I heard that you are also going to be at GDC this year under the pretenses, but yep. if you get a moment, uh, come check by the maids, uh, booth over at GDC as well. So, cause we have like a history of games and then just seeing other people, especially on the floor, there are people that maybe have not been to the museum before just get to see all these older games. Uh, I mean, last year we had an original, uh, marathon, uh, being run, uh, at the, original marathon we had a few other ones i actually i actually played it last year at gdc <laughs> very nice very nice yeah if it's uh it's it's uh it's been a delight uh there just keep your mind open uh don't let i mean it, there's not really anything that gets uh too uh, too crazy doing this uh it's just uh trying to be consistent with it as much as you can uh yeah. try to just don't lose the spark. Just enjoy what, like, this is a fun thing to do. And this is, like, a really nice, uh, it's an enjoyable experience to talk to people about something that you're, like, that you enjoy. And then having, and then talking about games that you're currently playing, what, and comparing them to stuff that we've played in the past, stuff in the museum before, and, like, relating it to that. Talking about what we're looking forward to, just personally. It's, like, 
keep your personal touch in it as well because you want to people want to know about you as well and about what you're what you what excites you as long as you stay excited and that's uh you're in for a great time i am currently excited but that is very good advice uh because i know that uh especially when you do these things for multiple years they can they can they can uh, morph into looking like work even if there's something that you do yes enjoy. yeah so i understand how that works yeah yeah other than that there's no real other advice i think you're going to do be i think you're going to kill it. i think this is going to be a, a nice transition and again thank you for uh taking this on and leading the being the new torchbearer <laughs> i'm stoked yes i i will I, I do also have to say uh side note uh i am kind of appreciative that you also have a red beard um, <laughs> it's I true think that, uh, yes uh so this is gonna uh, it won't be too hard of a transition really no 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 so we're in good hands yeah yeah, yeah good, is... handoff, good handoff <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's it for my list of questions. Uh, but I, I, I do want to say that, uh, we, we are incredibly appreciative for what you've built, for what you've done for the museum. Uh, and I'm sure it will be on future episodes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you'd like to have me back, just let me know and I'll see what I can do. And again, I would like to thank, uh, Miles, Chun and Anthony, uh, without them, I wouldn't have been able to do any of this. So they were also, uh, my backbone uh, during this whole thing. So thank you guys. We want to thank you for listening to the Museum of Art and Digital Entertainment's official podcast. If you have any thoughts, questions, corrections, or general museum ideas, please shoot us an email at info at We'd like to send out a big thank you to everyone who's donated recently and to our Patreon supporters who help keep the made afloat. Patreon donors get to listen to this podcast one week before it's released on major streaming services, and we'll continue with that with future episodes every other week. Uh, this week's episode was brought to you in part by Patreon donors Kenneth Hubble and Matt Lee. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, I'm Red. I'm Jed. Thanks, and we will see you next time.